This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to the Institute's 2023 Summit here in St. Pete's, St. Petersburg, next to Tampa. You're from Pasadena, Tim and Johanna. So are you used to the sun? Oh, yeah. See, because we aren't. Tracy and I are from uh, the north. I think just for reference point, we're not sure when this episode will release. It's supposed to be in the minuses all weekend for where I'm flying home to. I'm crazy. I got to come up with an excuse to stay here. (laughs) Hey, thanks to our sponsor, Napa, for providing you this episode. How does Napa support your auto care center through national marketing? Well, Napa will build upon the already successful Know How for All campaign and promote auto care offering and services to the do-it-for-me customer with support through sales driver promotions, optimized targeted media that give your repair facility an online presence on Napa Online. Now, if you're interested in partnering with Napa Auto Care and capitalizing on the Napa Know-How for All national marketing campaign, contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store. Enjoy. Timothy Jacarian from Bimmer PhD, his wife, Johanna Reichert, Pasadena, California. Good to meet you guys. I've heard so much about you. Well, thank you. And we love listening to your podcast and we've learned a lot from you. Oh my God, that's great. Thank you so much. Uh, With the Institute, he was telling me off mic that uh, when I joined the Institute, got to hang out with Cecil. Was he your coach? Yeah, we joined in the group setting through WorldPath. Ah, okay. Okay. Smart groups? Yes. Yeah, nice. And uh, it was amazing because not only did you get coach training, but you got to see what everybody else was doing. And we were young and ignorant and made a whole lot of mistakes. And I was stubborn thinking I was going to prove my point with Cecil. You are one of dozens and dozens of people that I know that found that Cecil and the smart groups, the Institute that changed and morphed their world, their life. There was a point in time, Tim, no doubt, Johanna, kick in here anytime you want, that you almost have to say, hmm, not sure what I'm doing here. And I'm not sure I'm prepared to do all this stuff. I think I have to change. How do I change? You have to make a pivot. Yeah. And so can you take us back to when that, you know, slap upside the head happened to you? A couple of times, actually. We had started our business in 2009 and um, Johanna was still working at the post office. That was a one man show in the the, uh, shop, in a back shop. But were you a technician who wanted to be an owner? Yeah, oh, yeah cool. absolutely. Right. I worked at the dealership for a decade or so. I had all the answers and they wouldn't listen to some of the suggestions that we gave. That doesn't make money. How about this? It would make everybody feel better. It doesn't make money. So I branched off and tried to do it on my own yeah. because I had all the answers. Right? Of course you did. You, you, you had every answer. You had no clue uh, what the questions were. <laughs> and you talk about the transformation. I think the transformation was not changing the world, but changing who I was and how I looked at things. And that's important. The reason you're listening to this episode and the reason Tim and Johanna are here in the studio is because we love to tell stories. And this is one of transformation. And if you're listening to this on the treadmill, driving down the car, in the shower, wherever it is that you listen to our podcast, if you could put yourself in Tim or Johanna's shoes, listen to their story and do something about it. Yeah. It's fun to see the change in the business. It's fun to see the change in us. It's fun to see the growth. I would, let's use the word growth instead of change. I love that. Yeah, definitely. So we, we grew from a small back shop to the landlord coming up to us and saying, Hey, the building in the front, the owner retired or the business retired and uh, you're too busy back here. So I can't rent out the front. So either take two buildings and grow 
or you find a new shop. That was one transformation. That was the first transformation for us to kind of see, can we do this? We were scared. We were terrified. I mean, just I'll tell you one quick story how Johanna's entering into the business car. <laughs> you know, she, we, she rides dirt bikes with me. So she injured her knee and she couldn't go to work. So she came into the shop and, you know, it was company. It was great company. Now you're yeah. married at the time. No, Not we yet. weren't married ah, at the time. Good part of the story. Yeah. We were, <laughs> this is like the beginning stages of our relationship. And, uh, the phone was busy. I was fixing cars in the back and I said, just pick up the phone and say, Beamer PhD. And she picked up the phone and looked at me and paused and said, I can't do this. And handed him the phone. <laughs> oh, I love it. I was it. like, huh. You froze. Uh, you froze. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. You were nervous. Today, I'd never talked on the phone before. I'd never done anything in a business before. So I froze up and handed him the phone and walked away. Today, and now you'd never know that I ever did that. Today, she does all of the recordings. She doesn't answer the phone every time. Obviously, the service advisor. Most My belief is the service advisor or the most intelligent person should be answering the phone so that you have that human connection and you talk to somebody right away. If the advisors can't pick up the phone, Johanna gladly picks it up. She waits till the third ring every single time. <laughs> and you would never know that this was a person that didn't know about cars. Our relationship was founded on me helping her with her car. So... Ah. Yeah. So her brother called me one time and said, uh, do you remember my wife, sister Johanna? And I said, of course. And he said, she's having problems with her Mini Cooper and uh, can you help her out? And that's kind of how the relationship started. You know, same thing with the phone call. Uh, that was growth, as we said. I think you're absolutely right. You grow as an individual. The only way you're going to grow your company I don't want to use the word change, but you have to look in the mirror and basically say, it's me who's the problem. Yeah. And so you could say, I'm going to grow. And then you could list all the reasons you're going to grow and be better at, or the overall concept is I have to change as, as an individual. But so many people don't understand then what's the next step. And if you had that coaching company, that networking group yeah. here to say, and I'm going to rely on my newfound team and or coach to help me through this because I finally am admitting, I don't know what, I don't know. Yeah. And that's your confession to your priest. Say, hey, bless me, Father, but I don't know what I don't know. And I love stories like this. I love to hear them. They're all unique. They're all different. But give us just a quick overview. How many service advisors, text based about uh, Bimmer PhD? We've got uh, four stalls, three Young technicians, less than two years in the industry that came to us from Pasadena City College, one block away from our shop. About a month ago, we hired our 19-year-old apprentice who had called for a quote to put an engine in a 90s car, and he had fire. And so I invited him to come see what we're doing, and he joined our team. So we're three technicians, one apprentice. We had two service advisors. One had medical issues and had to resign and left one superstar. Okay. Do you fill in at all, Johanna? In the service advisor aspect, not selling, but I will like back up with phones. Okay. I can close right. out a customer. Right. I can write up a customer, but I usually don't do the sales side. Are you, are you working in the office? You, yeah. you, are you there every day? I'm every day, there every day, yes. How about you, Tim? I'm there every day and I don't fix cars any longer and I don't write service any longer. Nice. So what do you do, golf? <laughs> no, I come in and I look at how my company culture is. I say hi to everybody, see how they're feeling, see if there's something I need to put my finger on. I write processes. I get uh, into marketing. I get involved. I probably spend about 20 hours a week with association stuff through ASCCA. And we got to talk about that, but you're the supreme leader without the supreme being the almighty, but you're the inspiration. 
Yeah. You're the inspiration. You're looking at processes. One of the things that I love about having been in business myself for years is to look around at the processes that make the magic happen. Yeah. And to years ago, before I really understood what leadership was, I would make those changes and tell everyone that now I says, I noticed this. What do you think? Can we do that better? And that's probably what you're doing. Just asking questions. You know, I've heard it several times through this whole weekend. John Maxwell has been a good inspiration. I, yeah. I can't focus when it's reading, but I love listening to it for the 15 minute drive that I have going to the shop. And it really changes the way you know, my mindset is in that morning. So inspiring the team, inspiring my wife. It's fun, but it's challenging. Thanks for bringing up Maxwell and, uh, you know, 1100 plus podcast been doing this for just one month short of eight years. I've told this story a few times over and over again, whether it was a big pivot in my life was when I realized that I needed to lead a much bigger team than I was used to. And I didn't know a damn thing about leadership. And so I went to the bookstore on the way home and says, I need to start devouring and start reading because I never was. I don't know if I was in my late forties at that time, way too long to have waited. Right. And I picked up the leader within you. And uh, in the first paragraph of the first chapter, it says, you know, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. That was one of the, oh my God, moments in my life. And we talk about Maxwell. I mean, how many shop owners have come on and many of the coaches, facilitators, networking people have used Maxwell as an incredible author. So thanks for bringing that up. Questions. I think the questions are the most powerful part because... For a long time, I was the one that gave the orders. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. And then now with three young technicians, they come to me with a technical question. And I know what the answer is, but the change, if I want them to do it better, I have to ask, what would you do if I wasn't here? Please listen to what Tim just said. You don't want to be the answer man. Well, I want to show them how smart I am. So let me tell them how to fix it. You got to get over that, right? Because if they come to a crossroad, then they're going to come back and say, we did this that you wanted. Now what? And there's no solution. And in our industry, we have solutions. So we have to change our thinking. We have to teach what that change of thinking looks like so that they can come up with the solution. And Carm, it's almost identical to what I would have told them anyways, but they owned it now. They owned it. Yeah. It's a great philosophy, by the way. I'm so proud of what you're doing to have hired some young people from the local community college. Yes. Yeah. I'm an advisor. I'm big into education. We've done a couple of recent education podcasts on, on internships. They haven't been released yet. And we have to make our own ATEX today. 100%. And you're on your way with those people. And if you do it right, and of course you're paying them well, the benefits are right, the culture is right, right in front of your own eyes. And who knows what day that's going to be. You're going to watch these people blossom. And, and I think seeing them blossom is funner than fixing cars. It's, it's, it's given. You're going to fix the car. It's going to be done right for sure. But to see them, you know, you ask them, why do you like working here? Because you give me the opportunity to go to school and come back. When you hear them say those things, you know, yes. Do I want the superstar technician that's going to be there from open till close and flag all these hours? Of course. But honestly, the day is more meaningful when you look at that young individual. Our diagnostician is the youngest, career-wise, is the youngest tech in our shop. He's like a walking Google. He loves love to learn. <laughs> he has so much information and insight for his age that he blows me away. Hey, it's no secret. We're facing a technician shortage, and Napa Auto Care has a solution with the Napa Auto Care Apprentice Program. The program was pioneered by one of our own. 
Pete McNeil and master technician Jeg Sorensen from McNeil's Auto Care in Sandy, Utah, realized that the problem of not having technicians available for hire was not going to solve itself and decided to take action and look at a different audience of individuals available for hire. A focus was put on younger individuals with the right passion, desire, and attitude to work in the automotive repair industry. Jake and Pete sought after these individuals and developed a technician apprentice program to give them the training needed to become a successful technician in today's world. The NAPA Auto Care Apprentice Program includes a comprehensive nine-stage curriculum that includes a variety of types of training, and they are classroom training videos exclusive to the apprentice program. Now, these videos provide in-depth training from a successful master technician. Also, Autotech classes with instructor-led courses offered through Napa Autotech and Autotech eLearning. This web-based eLearning is designed to target specific training topics. And finally, hands-on learning. The apprentice will apply the skills gained from the classroom training videos, Autotech instructor-led training, and Autotech eLearnings in the shop with the guidance of a mentor. The apprentice program curriculum is competency-based, meaning an apprentice can move through each stage at a pace that best suits them. Most apprentices complete the program within two years. Upon completion, apprentices will have earned ASE G1, A4, A5, and AC certifications, adding industry validation to the skills an apprentice acquires. Look, having an apprentice in your shop will ultimately benefit your bottom line as they advance through the program. And in most cases, as the apprentice develops their skill set producing billable hours, you'll begin to see a growth in your gross profit by stage five. One of the largest barriers to entry for individuals looking to enter the automotive repair industry is the cost of tools. Now, keep your apprentice motivated with an apprentice toolkit. Now, Napa Auto Care has worked with our supplying partners to offer an exclusive comprehensive tool set, including a four-drawer tool card for all registered apprentices. Hey, to learn more, members can visit member.napaautocare.com. We've done shows on the customer comes in and says, listen, I Googled this, and I think that's what I need. And I can't remember, Tracy, when it happened, but I think it was something that I said out loud in in this panel discussion. I said, we got to tell the customer, let me be your Google. Yeah. Let me be your Google. But people just, they want information and they they don't want to be ripped off, which goes to that whole trust thing. Yeah. And new customers, do you get like five to 10 new customers every week or are you just dealing with legacy? Um, no, we're tracking customers. We've got about a uh, 30% growth. Kevin does the numbers. He puts it together. It's nice because if I don't know how many new customers we have, how do I know that the effort that I'm putting into marketing is actually paying off? Yeah. You guys are listening to recorded phone calls? That is the one thing that uh, we've been struggling with due to technical phone systems. But today during the uh, summit, we met some amazing people yeah. that we're going to... David Boyd, I bet. Yeah. 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 We just interviewed him and Jeff Matt. I'm curious, probably just like you, Tim, well, so how does this work in internet and costs and screens and privacy and trust? And so anyway, we, we got into a great episode. So you'll want to listen to that on phones. I do listen in the shop because my office is one, you know, it's one door away, one door away from Kevin and the things Kevin is our service manager, worked at the dealer for about 10 years, unappreciated and COVID hit. They said, we don't need you anymore. When we met Kevin, We call it like he was almost institute trained already. He had the core values and the people he worked for, which were the same people I worked for, didn't appreciate that. So bringing that together, adding our flair, adding the empathy that Johanna has and how different he looks at things than I do has been amazing. So I listen to what he says and how he's talking to the customers. And I quickly realized 
I was a poor service advisor. Okay, so Kevin's your service advisor. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Empathy. And he's amazing. You just got a great compliment from Tim. Yes. You bring the empathy. I have a lot of empathy, sometimes too much. <laughs> you can you can put yourself in the customer's shoes. Uh, yeah. I, I, even in the employee's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do that a lot. And sometimes I think it's more to my detriment, but yeah, I'm extremely. Why, why is it to your detriment? Um, I think I get sucked into things that I don't necessarily need to get sucked into, or um, I'm I'm always overly on the other ser- person's side as opposed to kind of standing up for us and myself. We just listened yeah. to Kevin Brown. Yeah. It almost compliments and it says, it does. do your thing. Be the empathy, a pillar in the company. Yeah. I, I'm definitely the opposite to how Tim is. We're the, definitely the yin and the yang for sure. Well, you know what? I got the same thing going on at home. <laughs> I'm the scatterbrain, you know, silver bobble chaser and Anne's the steady high conformity. You should see the forks in our drawers at home. They're all in the same position. Is that how you are? And you are? Yeah, a little bit more organized, black more, and white. Okay. See, opposites attract. It's a yeah. scary thing. How do you get through all those years of marriage? How long have you been married? Nine years. Nine? Yeah. Together for 14, nine years married. Yeah. Did you know each other young? Yeah. I was 10 years old. He was 17 years old. He moved in my neighborhood. My older brother and him are the same age. So they started hanging out and became friends. And then he had his dog that he, instead of walking his dog, he wanted to go skateboarding. So I, right. he paid me like 20 bucks a month to walk his dog. So Whoa. we just kind of grew up around each other and did knowing you, each other. Did you hear that story about dog walkers in New York can make a hundred grand a year? <laughs> I lived in the wrong area, I guess. <laughs> just don't move. You oh, guys I, got I a good thing going. <laughs> well, why did it take so long after you knew each other when you were so young? Oh, well, so, well, there's a seven year gap and obviously 10 and 17 doesn't work, but he went and got married and had okay. a family. Right. And so there's, there's more to the story. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. get it. Cool. Yeah. But it was magic. I think when we got together over the car, we realized that we had a friendship that was deep and we had companionship in each other and we still have that. And now we have a team that we get to show that to. And I'm really blessed to be working with my best friend. I'm oh. really blessed to be able to trust my finances, my career, my life with a person that I wake up with, I work with, I play with, I vacation with. And I learn with episodes over. This is it. Perfect. Wow. There's nothing more to say. There's nothing more. To say. That's so cool. You remind me of Rocky Kaminian. Yeah. We have a lot, a lot in common. <laughs> he's, he's one of the Rocky and the leaders in ASCCA have been a true inspiration. You know, you have a coach, but there's so many more mentors in your life. And they're you who know, you see in the mirror. Yeah. And Rocky and John Epstein and Dennis Montaballo. I mean, Dave Cusa, Dave Cusa has been a super strong influence in in my life and in our lives. These are the folks that help us understand the successes that we've had have been because we've taken the time to be involved. And when you do get involved, your path changes and you want to give back more. You know, people ask, well, I was talking to one of the members in our chapter and he said, oh, it's easy for you. You make all this money. And I said, do you think I get paid for this? And he said, you don't? He says, no, I have two jobs. One makes me money. The other one gives back to the yeah. community, gives back to the shops, yeah. gives Street. back to the industry that yeah. I love that helped us build our better marriage and a business that now, I mean, it's in its growing stages, but we don't have to be there for the business to run. You know, you're giving back in an association. And, and I, in my whole life, been involved, been presidents of boards and president. You know, I've done that thing, if you will. And I'm not saying that I couldn't and shouldn't and wouldn't do it again. But I had my moment in time. And I did give back. But to your point, Tim, 
I got so much back. Yes. By hanging out with people in the network and listening, developing friendships that you never, ever thought that you could have had, if you will, in the umbrella that we're all in this incredible industry together. The, yes. the, the bond is there. You don't have to play with, you have to get to know who each other is. You just need to get as a person, not as a business person. There's so much to learn. But we think it's competition. We think, oh, I've, if I give him the secrets, he's going to be better. Yes. Let them be better. That's the idea. Number one job of a leader is to replace himself with somebody better. And that's that stupid blinded paradigm that exists that people, he's two miles down the road, he's my competition. No. How often do we have to keep saying that to people to get them to crash through their think? Carmen took Cecil saying that many times <laughs> oh, until it got through this guilty. head. There's a guilty party. Every time a guy like Michael Smith, who was up and did the math for us, brought all those charts and mm -hmm. told us, you know, you know, vehicles in operation, what the dealerships are doing. There is enough business for everyone. And the reason that you don't think you have enough business is you're not a business person. You're not running it as a business. You're not loving your peoples. You're not loving your customers. You're not giving them a great experience. Once you fix you, then the business, then you discover and look around you that no one's my competition. I love it the way Aaron Stokes put it. He said, fix the owner, fix the shop. Yeah. And I think the world has known that, be it you're a baker, you're a hardware store owner, you're a plumber, and all these great small businesses. I think about those small businesses a lot, knowing how much I'm an influencer and I'm so intimate with this industry. And I always look, I says, you think the plumbers have business coaches and, you know, they probably have associations, but do they go to the nines like we do in our industry? I've always wondered because so many of those small businesses that are important to us and services in our community, yeah. I'm not sure they... They understand enough about business. I didn't. Yeah. You know, I started out as a mechanic. I just wanted to fix yeah. cars. I wanted to show how impressive my knowledge was in fixing cars. And now it's not about that. Did you have a problem? We've known for years that mechanics speak car, not people. Did you have a problem with that? You know, just as you started your shop and you were the chief cook and bottle washer, being comfortable in front of a customer, was it was it easy or hard for you? Um, I think being... In front of the customer was easy. Johanna's smiling. He's a social there. butterfly. He has no problem being in front of anybody. <laughs> Learning what they wanted out of auto repair or why they were there. Yeah. Like Kevin Brown said today, why are they there? Yeah. That was the challenge for me. And I didn't really understand what it meant when Cecil would say, let somebody else do it. Let somebody better do that. You have other things to focus on that are more important that you need to understand. And I wasn't ready. And when you're ready, you don't know what you don't know until you know. So I've, I've been blessed to, uh, to have what I have today. Do you have a superpower? I don't know. What, what would you say is my superpower? I would say you are unstoppable. That's a hell of a compliment. Thank you. Do I don't you like to lose. Do you feel that perpetual energy? I have a lot of energy. We were talking just a couple of episodes ago, um, and I think it was Brian Walker. He attended a seminar and he came back with two words, stopping. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Honestly, when Brian Walker speaks, it, I take the time to listen. I think we resonate with a lot of beliefs that we have. They've been another influencer in my life. They've taken over the marketing for our company, and it has changed how I look at things. You can't stop because the moment you stop, the current will push you back. Stop stopping. And that also means if you're doing nothing to grow your business, stop 
stopping. I just, I love it. I almost feel like I want to write a keynote around that. <laughs> it's yeah. easy to keep going. It's actually, it's a lot easier to keep going than to stop and restart. I yeah. think that's the point, you know, he was saying with stop stopping and we've, we've done that. We've done that a couple of times in our careers. We've done that in personal relationships. But if you keep that momentum going as much as you don't want to, you still wake up and go to work in the morning. Is it tough to always have that foot on the accelerator? Yeah, it is. Learning to modulate it. Oh, that's been the fun part. That's because a, It's a brilliant answer, by the way. <laughs> it is tough, you know, and when you when you get into motorsports and you understand, you know, foot on the throttle all the way down. Not so good. Foot off the throttle. Not so good. Somewhere in that sweet spot where you get that adrenaline. I love going to the desert. I love going duning with my sand rail. I love the fact that the team has given me the opportunity to be able to do that. And I love calling in sick to work, but yes, but being able to adjust that and knowing when to give more, when to push harder and seeing the result of that, it's fascinating. Any problems you're fixing right now in the business? There's always problems to fix. There's always problems to fix. So what's at the top of your to-do list? Make more time to visit shops and see how they're doing it in the association, because that's what's happening in the field. When you come back to your shop, the problems usually fix themselves yeah. and the team helps you do it. So uh, associations is so critical. And, and I know that you're such an active person in ASECA. You have just given us a reason to want to be there. Is Carolyn still the president? Carolyn is now the past president. Past president. Okay. So yep. it's a one year, it's a one year, one year term. Okay, yep. great. Lee, Lee Chesin is our president okay. now yeah. and uh, he's doing an amazing job of carrying Carolyn's vision. And I think that's the part of the leader that we're missing in these associations. It's not just who you are in that position, but how did the person before you influence you and how will you influence the next person? So we don't break that progress, keep that progress going. I want to have you back again, you know, come on some panels, you know, now that that we have a, a brand new and a great voice here on the podcast, Tim Chikarian, and his wife, Johanna Reichert, Bimmer PhD, Pasadena, California. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Carm. Thank you very much, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 